Welcome everyone to the Cowgirl Channel of Canada. We're excited to share with you some amazing stories that will inspire and motivate you from Canadian cowgirls all across our beautiful country. Showcasing Canada's most experienced cowgirls to up and coming young women in the cowgirl industry. We will be featuring women in all aspects of the Western industry, from ranching to arts and entertainment, to women that can do all things cowgirl and with a cowgirl spirit. A place to share knowledge of some amazing women and to honor the way of the Canadian cowgirl. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Cowgirl Channel of Canada. We are so excited to share with you this special interview with one very special Canadian cowgirl, Anna Gimlet. Anna grew up in Whitehorse, Yukon, Canada, a place I've never seen yet but can't wait to visit someday. At an early age, Anna moved to Germany with her family. This is where her fascination and passion for horses began. Still in her early years, Anna found herself moving back to Canada and into the Yukon and riding again. Anna's love of learning grew and she began competing in hunter-jumper and dressage discipline, competing at local levels and local shows and then traveling to Alaska to compete on a higher level. All the while, the desire to become a horse trainer still grew. Moving out to Alberta and attending the Olds Equine Program for Western Performance in 2014 and 2016, Anna studied there. After college, Anna started to apprentice and worked as an assistant trainer for Kaylee Wilson for four and a half years and started horses. In October of 2020, Anna went out on her own and created AK Equine, a personal training facility specializing in correctly starting horses. Passionate and full of life, this young lady will surely be unforgettable in the Canadian equine industry. Please welcome Anna Gimlet. super excited and honored to be on to be on the show well I'm so glad that you could be with us today and I'm so glad that we get to share some of your information uh, with our listeners from all across Canada we have people uh, that have chimed in we've got some people that are actually out in Labrador I, I'm very surprised at some very remote places that actually have horses um, so when when different people have reached out since I started this uh, new media platform it's amazing where I'm finding that people are that have horses so just tell us a little bit about where you started off because I, at first it just it, it actually jumped at me off the paper when I saw it was the Yukon that you were um, I've never been there myself I had a few years that I lived in Yellowknife Northwest Territories and uh, I think it was pretty limited on the amount of horses that were was in that area um, so tell us a little bit about like that first start and like in the Yukon and the horses and how you just tell us a little bit about how you grew up there yeah I mean yeah so the Yukon is not generally people don't think about horses when they think about the Yukon <laughs> um, and yeah like you said like the horse the horse industry and the horse population it is limited um, just because they, the human population is limited as well up there yeah. um, so it's you know it's pr pretty quiet pretty small town uh, lifestyle pretty small town upbringing um, my mom was a doctor growing up so she was cool. not horsey whatsoever um, so she she was a little bit blown away that I was so into horses she didn't really know where that came from but she 
could see that I loved it, so she supported me, and I'm very thankful that she did, even though she, you know, had no understanding of it. Um, so yeah, so growing up, it was um, mostly English. Uh, the Western that was up there was uh, really just guiding and hunting um, okay. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like there wasn't really the the Western performance that we have down here in BC and Alberta and across Western Canada. Um, so but there was one one really good coach, English coach that I grew up with. Okay. Um, she, she did the hunter jumpers and the dressage and so that's that's what I did growing up and she was an amazing teacher uh, and an amazing mentor yeah uh, it was she really gave me a amazingly solid foundation okay. to be able to go on afterwards in life yeah that's that's interesting that you say that because you're talking about your mom and you're talking about this this one trainer this one coach and uh, I find in in our industry in the equine industry uh, you know it's universal um, you get somebody that's passionate about horses it really doesn't matter about the discipline um, it's it's about who and that's how your horsemanship develops it's about who you um, you learn from and who you get education from and it I've some of the greatest things that I've learned are from uh, dressage uh, competitors or trainers so uh, for my horsemanship which is amazing and it's something that I uh, secretly desire to do when I get older um, is to kind of dibble and dabble around in the dressage discipline for sure but um, just tell us a little bit more about your mom she was a doctor so that must have been an interesting thing for her like what was it like for her hearing you come home at a young age saying that you wanted to ride horses which was she um, was she kind of like surprised in in a kind of like a scared way like oh, I don't want you to get hurt that kind of thing <laughs> oh, oh yeah definitely um, she was not not really an animal person whatsoever period like I even had to convince her to get a dog so that was interesting but I have to say she definitely came around um she she herself was never interested in horses but when I came home and I said yeah mom like I want to ride this is what I want to do um I mean the first thing she did was back then she looked up in the phone book and called a number that said you know this place gives riding lessons and that turned out to be um my my mentor and instructor growing up her name was Inga Semanic okay uh, turned out to be her number so she called her up and got me started at at her barn there wow and, and that was that and I stayed there um throughout my whole childhood my teenage years growing up and yeah. so you mentioned too that you you ended up at an early age, uh, you went overseas uh, to Germany. Um, so that must have been interesting because uh, you know a lot of people know, not maybe all of our listeners will know, but uh, Germany is very well known for their um, their fantastic horsemanship and uh, oh. yeah, it's just amazing the level of horsemanship that's in Germany. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, my dad's German, so okay. That's that's how we ended up there as a family. Uh, we we moved there when I was two, so I mean my my earliest memories are from Germany, um, and that's where it really started. We kind of we lived near a you know a little wooded area that had fields and horses, and we'd walk up on the trails <laughs> and see the horses in the field, and I yeah. don't know. I mean, I want great, one. <laughs> yeah. I was so 
working me and I was like, yeah, that's what I want to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, so that's so interesting because, um, yeah, I, I know some people um, that have gone and studied uh, in Germany and then they, they end up always kind of coming back. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, so yeah, I started, started riding when I was there actually, um, at a, at a little barn, and then when we moved back to the Yukon, um, my mom made sure that the first thing she did was find another place that I could continue with that, because that was a, obviously a top priority for me. So would you say, uh, in all honesty, that your mom would be your, probably your biggest fan then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? That's so important. Uh, as I talk to so many different women on this show and, and people uh, in places that I've gone over the past, uh, you know, throughout North America and over in Europe, it's amazing how much we need. We need our family to support us. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to a couple of ladies and, um, you know, one of my biggest kind of cheerleaders in the background uh, is was my dad. And he kind of gave me a lot of tough love of, you can you can cowgirl up and you can figure this stuff out on your own and uh, not just about horses and and growing up on a farm but um, you know a little bit more of a tougher attitude so that it helps you kind of survive all the hardship and all the hard work that you have to to have in you to be a cowgirl and um, that that's very interesting too because I really believe that you know our moms are just as equally as important and you were lucky because if your mom was a doctor she probably wasn't that concerned if you got hurt she could fix you up (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I don't know you worry about me quite a lot yeah (laughs) no and I mean she she's even though I mean to this day she really doesn't understand what I do just because you know she's not a horsey person but she was I mean she is extremely strong lady growing up you know she you know pretty pretty much raised me on her own and was a single mom working as a doctor you know working long hours running a household and raising a kid and for a while she homeschooled me as well so I mean she she was incredibly strong lady and you know I, I I hope that you know I can be as strong as her and yeah, you know, I I say that about my mom all the time too. Yeah. I'm like, I'd never be ha- I'd never be half the lady that my mom is. Like, she's done so many amazing things, and I'm like, but I think that's what gives us the strength. And I'm a single mom too. I I raised both my kids by myself, and um, we got to be give a big shout out to your mom right now. Thanks, mom. For yeah. <laughs> thanks, all moms. Thanks, mom, you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's um, it's it's that support that you get around you, and it's if you if you know as you went through all the different things that as you just started to like you didn't even know like as as much as a child as you know as an adult that that's what I'm passionate about that's what I'm going to do and that drive that you had in you is what kept you moving towards what you desired the most right um and I think that's really important I think that part comes too from having parents that can push us and encourage us and 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 let us be a little bit free to go and explore difficult things in life because it's not an easy uh, choice to you know be a horse trainer or to have you know a farming background or or to you know work on a ranch or anything like that it's it's good long hard hours and you sleep really good at night (laughs) oh yeah that is the truth 
<laughs> so as you got a little bit older, you guys, you, you moved back out into uh, the Yukon and you got a little bit more competitive. Tell us a little tiny bit more about Alaska. And I, I'll tell you why. I just, I'm fascinated about it. My father and my mom went out to Alaska probably about three or four years ago. And I've never been. Uh, but my dad, since I can remember, since I was a little girl, always wanted to go to Alaska. And uh, so I was just curious when you said that the bigger shows were in Alaska. Yeah, so the shows that we had in the Yukon, um, you know, they were they were kind of small, fun shows, you know. It's the local show that, you know, everybody goes to, and you got all sorts of different classes. <laughs> yeah. You got your, your Western and your English and your Gymkhana and, you know, your halter. And, you know, you do, you kind of enter, enter all the classes on the same horse. And, you know, it's super fun. And um, so we always, we always did those every year. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, um, like later on in my in my teen years, um, my coach started traveling to Alaska for a couple shows. Nice. Uh, there was a, a dressage show and then um, a, a jumping show the week after. Um, so we would always go to both of those. Dressage was never my strong suit. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I have utmost respect for it, but it's incredibly hard. Uh, so it I looks hard. Kinda, yeah, I always kind of got through that show, and then my my favorite, my my strong suit was always the jumpers. So, and I had a super fun little little mare that I did it with. So, um, the the shows in Alaska they were definitely kind of the next level up. You know, it was quite competitive. Okay. Um, so that was fun to be able to, you know leave leave kind of some of the local shows where everybody knows everybody and it's and it's all fun and go to something that's you know a little more higher stakes and higher competition and you know people you don't know and so it was super fun good awesome that yeah it's nice to do something like that it gives you a little bit more of an edge you know um yeah it puts your boundaries a little yeah bit. and that 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 challenging and that that drive and stuff that happens when you're at events and stuff like that you get to see a different perspective of what it is that's going on outside your own uh, you know circumstances at home because that that's when you get out there and you see that you're like okay i can i can do this too and it, it doesn't seem as impossible uh, when you see something like that happening so i know when i competed um at first i was like oh boy i'm never gonna do that i'd watch the other girls do it and i was in my early or later 20s when I first started competing and I was a single mom I had a kid at home and I would drag my kid to the shows and all that fun stuff and have people help and watch and I would go in the ring and compete and um, it does it, it's it's very important I think it's important to put yourself in that situation and then you can find it where it is you fit where you belong afterwards right so for yeah, you, exactly. yeah so for you you ended up after that, that at that point in your life you had already had that under your belt and then then you went to Alberta and you did the the Oles equine college program that's out there tell us a little bit about that yeah so I actually I actually started in the English uh, horsemanship major okay um as you know that's where I came from I you know did the hunter jumpers and all that so the logical thing was to was to do the English um but I had a, I had always had you know a lot of interest in the western just never really had the opportunity or you know a coach close enough that i could go learn that stuff from yeah um and then after the first year just 
some unforeseen circumstances and some internal politics and all that, um, I ended up switching to the Western horsemanship major. Nice. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the rest is history. Yeah. That's where it all kind of um, took it, off. From it, felt, it felt good in the Western. In the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, felt, I yeah. felt like that was really more suitable yeah. to what I wanted to do. And, yeah. you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And that, I just felt like that was my calling. Yeah, and that's, that is a two-year program, and it still is, because uh, uh, one of the other guests that we had on the show, Kateri Kelly, she's with Out West, um, we were discussing it, and I actually have a friend of mine, and she's actually doing it, and her and her best friend left from the East Coast and went out there a year ago. Um, one decided to do English at course and the other one did the western um, and it was oh, yeah yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was great that they both chose something different because they both get to network and share what they're learning about the different disciplines which I think is fantastic um, that it's all right there you know and it's all under the same roof and but yeah I'm, I'm like you I've got that you know favorite thing about being in my cowboy boots in my jeans <laughs> Yeah, Although I do like wearing that, you know, I, I do like doing the jumping and stuff too. I, I work with a, a lady, uh, Jen Hamilton, um, years and years and years ago. I did some hunter and I really enjoyed the jumping. So, uh, but I, I stuck where my heart was, which was in the, my Western saddle. Yeah, exactly. No, and I, I love the jumping too. Like if I, I would still do it on the side if I could. Yeah. Um, but really my heart is with the, the Western performance horses. And so something special while you were at the Equine College, I do believe you met somebody there. I did, well I met a few people, but one person <laughs> in particular that stands out. <laughs> yeah, I uh, met my husband there. That's husband. fantastic. Yeah, he was uh, he was doing the farrier program. Okay. Um, and he actually lived three doors down from me in the dorm rooms. Nice. So yeah, that's how we met. That's fantastic. That's yeah. that's that's the, you know what, and it's so funny because uh, one of the girls that is out there now, and she's the one that's taking the uh, English uh, science program. She actually uh, met her current boyfriend out there, so it must be a thing. Uh, you know, <laughs> when I saw that as part of your story, I was like, well, there you go. And it's you know one of those things where sometimes. Uh, it's such a cool thing that that happens to people in their lives and it takes you on that path but you guys were both there for something very specific a passion that you know you're a love of your life that you know into horses and the equine industry and it's we're that's the perfect place to meet somebody right oh exactly yeah and um i mean kenny's amazing i can't i can't say it like enough how amazing he is and he just you know, he always just pushes me to be better, be stronger, you know, keep doing what I'm doing. Like he is, he has been such an amazing support in, in my life and in my career. And, um, you know, with, with him also being a professional in the horse industry, he does, you know, he, he's a farrier. So we're, we're just a great team with doing what we do. And, um, I really don't think it could have worked out any better. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations on that part because yeah. having family in your life like your mom and having other people um, that are supportive around you um, just makes everything that you're doing because they can see your passion and they can see your drive. And when you have people that are lifting you up in your life, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. Um, it, it really does change everything because it gives you enough strength to get through the hard times. And if you're trying to grow your life and you're trying to challenge yourself about anything in life, having some support uh, to get through the hard stuff makes it all worthwhile in the end, for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You, um, 
I think in, in, in anything you do in life, in order to be successful, you need a support system, you know, of people that, you know, believe in you and are willing to support you. And even if it's from afar, you know, even if they're not right close with you all the time, but um, yeah, you need a support system in life. Yeah. And so yeah. after college for you, um, you ended up getting another, I guess, bit of support, I want to say, as you became an assistant trainer for Kaylin Wilson, because uh, that would probably be an interesting uh, journey for you to have had, uh, you know, someone challenge your, your training. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, college is good in the sense that, you know, it's a good stepping stone stone to get you into the industry, to get you start meeting people um, and all that. But after you leave, if you want to be successful in this industry, you need to continue your education elsewhere. Yeah. Um, so in, in my case, um, I went and worked for, for Kaylee. Um, it was supposed to be a six-week practicum as part of my oh, wow. uh, college, and then it turned into four and a half years. So, <laughs> but... Um, well, there's lots to that, learn. That just goes to show, yeah, that just goes to show how much there is to learn. Like, yeah. I, I did my six weeks there, and I was like, <laughs> I can't leave. Like, I, I don't know anything. I need to stay. Like, I need to, I need to keep learning from this guy because he's so amazing, you know, and he can just train a horse like you wouldn't believe. And I was like, ah, like, how do I, yeah. how do I get to be like him, you know? Yeah. So it's just you gotta just stay you gotta put in your time put in the miles in the saddle yeah put in the miles and the hours and the everything yeah that's fantastic so tell us a little bit about some of your time as an assistant trainer doing that like i mean obviously um you know i know what it would be like for to have that position and to be in that position have that opportunity but like for a general audience someone that you know is listening that's an aunt or an uncle of an equine member, uh, could you explain a little bit more what what the in-depth work is like to be an assistant trainer for someone like that? Yeah, absolutely. So the the facility that we were working out of, um, it was about six and a half acres. So it's it's not it's not huge, um, but it's pr- pretty concentrated. We had between forty and fifty horses at any given time. Wow. Um, a lot of them were performance horses so cutting horses or cow horses um and then we also had a lot of horses that would come in just to get started you know people's just people's riding horses their pleasure horses they're all around horses um so we had a lot of horses like that that would come through to get trained or tuned up um and then like i said with the performance horses a big part of that is we would start them right from two-year-olds um, tr- train them all the way through their two-year-old and their three-year-old year. Um, and then with the performance horses, their maturity year would be their three-year-old year, so that'd be the first year that they would get shown. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, we, lot of hours, with, a lot of hours in there. Yeah. A lot of hours, yeah. a lot of hours, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then we'd, you know, we'd hit the road and go to the shows, you know, start start showing these horses that we've been training for the last however many years so you did um, you, you you did do a bit of competitive work in regards to that so you were, were showing other people's horses yeah yeah okay yeah awesome yeah yeah so and that's interesting too right because uh, for me with uh, some of the 
horse training that I do, um, when I'm out clinicianing and stuff like that, I tell people all the time, switch out your horse. <laughs> yeah. See what it feels like to ride someone else's horse or and or to handle it on the ground for the groundwork and stuff like that. And all of a sudden you've got this dull horse that was a school horse for 15 years and then an owner that had uh, a youngster that they're getting ready to start or get groundwork on and all of a sudden, oh wow, I really gotta pay attention. So handling other people's horses all the time makes you very aware of what you're doing. So you become um, really great at your job fast. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, with, with the number of horses that would come to the barn, you just, you get so much exposure yeah. so fast. You know, like you ride, I mean, there's 40 to 50 horses wow. and, you know, three of us or four of us that are riding. So, I mean, you, you swing a leg over a lot of different horses a day. <laughs> yeah. So would you um, say that that's a dream job for some people? Oh, for some people, for other people it's not. But <laughs> and and that thing, you know, it's it sounds, you know, all, all fun dandy, you know, you just get to ride horses for a living. Yeah. But it's a lot in of reality it's a lot of work. Yeah. You know, that at working at Kaylee's, like the day would start at six AM. Yep. Yeah. You go out, you feed horses, you do the chores, which with fifty horses there's always a lot of poop to shovel, yeah. you know. Um <laughs> that and then and then you start riding you know and then you got 40 or 50 head to get through and then you know end of the day then you got to feed again clean the barn sweep up and you know might not finish till seven or eight o'clock at night you know so it's 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 long days and they go to go to bed maybe have some dinner and get up and fall again or fall asleep in your dinner <laughs> yeah or that. So, uh, yeah. I mean that's the thing right it's it's doing this it has to be your passion and your lifestyle yes. and what you've chosen to do yeah it's not it's not a, a job exactly it's not a job. yeah for sure yeah no yeah. that's excellent and where is Kaylee again um so he was um just in Abbotsford Abbotsford, okay. Abbotsford, BC. Right, yep. right, okay. Fantastic. So yeah, that's that has to have been a very interesting part of you know, because you went from from college and then you went and worked for this four and a half years with this trainer, you know, kind of working pretty intensely. Um, and that then took you into what mindset? So let's talk a little bit about that. So how did you go from finishing up doing that? Um, because I know you mentioned in some of uh, what we had discussed uh, before the interview about um, that you were going to maybe leave a little bit earlier than what you did. Yeah, well, after about, I think I think I was there maybe a year and a half or two years or somewhere around there. Um, and Kenny, at, at the time we were we were engaged, you know, planning on getting married. Um, and he lived in the Okanagan kind of a Soyuz Penticton area out that way. Okay. Um, and our plan was that I was gonna leave and go out there, and you know, we were gonna set up and I was gonna maybe train ranch horses and Kenny Kenny had his farrier business out there so nice. he had, he had a, a, like he had a pretty good business out there yeah um, fair fair number of clientele so that was why we were planning on going out there um, and so I told Kaylee that and she kind of sat on it for a day or two um, and then he he approached me and he said you know what like if you can just put in a little bit extra time yeah just really learn how to train a performance horse yeah. start you know how to do because there's 
you know, there's a difference between starting a cult mm-hmm. and getting good for, you know, 30, 60, 90 days. Yeah. There's a difference between doing that and taking a horse and actually finishing it into yeah. a performance horse that you or someone else can go show. You yeah. said to me, if you can just put, put the extra time in and learn how to do that, you're going to be way better off in life. And I think that's probably partly because he saw something special in you about how you are as a trainer and a handler and stuff like that. And it's always those rare moments and those rare people in our lives that really make the difference. And, and that's, you know, uh, part of the success you're having now uh, with your business too, is that you put in that extra hard time, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, I owe a lot to Kaylee for that. He was an amazing mentor, an amazing teacher. Um, you know, he pushed me hard to get better and to learn and to do all that, but I would not be where I am today without him. Like he he really took me under his wing and just taught me from ground zero. You know, I, I look at what I knew when I got to his place. Yeah. Like the first day I arrived there, I didn't know anything. <laughs> like comparatively speaking to what I know now, you know yeah. what I mean? Yes, I do. Like, you think you know enough. And like, or, oh, I don't. Exactly. And then you go somewhere and you're like, oh, I actually don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so he, he's been amazing. And he, he even now, like, he continues to be a good mentor. I can just, you know, call him up and yeah. ask him questions or, you know, we, we've stayed friends through it all. So That's fantastic. That's well, yeah. that's, that's what we need. We need support like that in everything in our lives, for sure. So you've had some other things um, that were some maybe turning points or some change in your life, um, some experiences that you, you can talk about if you want if you, or you don't. Um, is there anything that you'd like to talk about, about something that was a real changing point for you in, in your life up to this point? Yeah, well, I'll touch on it briefly. Um, so when I, was, when I was 17, my stepdad passed away um, after a, a pretty long battle with cancer Um, and you know obviously growing up my my biological father lived in Germany so I was I was quite close with my stepfather Um, him and my mom were together for quite a long time Um, so yeah so after he passed away it was just I don't know I just went went into a little bit of a you know a funk a hole if you Mm -hmm. will and I just really didn't know what direction I wanted my life to take even though even though I knew horses were always at the forefront you know I was just maybe just lost motivation yeah the biggest thing yeah um because you know I had this plan that right after high school I was gonna go out to college and you know get it all done and Mm -hmm. you know take the world by storm and all that (laughs) and then it just I don't know just all came crashing down in a way um, so I, you know what, I took a year off after high school. Good for um, you. That's excellent. No, yeah, just to just to process and yep. you know, time time does heal. So yes. I just took the time and and you know what, I didn't even ride that much that year that I took off. Yeah. I, I still had the mare that I had growing up, but um, I, I just didn't didn't ride a whole lot. But uh, me and my best friend at the time, we started our own house cleaning business. So that was kind of fun. Um, <laughs> get to work every day with her and, you know, being self-employed at such a young age, too, was pretty cool. Um, so, so we did that for the year. And, and, you know, as time went on, I was, you know, we did we did the cleaning for the year. And 
I just maybe took a little bit of a step back from the whole horse deal. Yeah. Uh, and and then as time went on, it just became super clear in my mind of what I wanted to do and how I was going to get there. And, and by the time that year was up, I was super ready awesome. to, to leave, to get going with my life and to, you know, try to make my dream come true of being a horse trainer. Wow. And you did it. You did it. You did it fantastically, actually. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, I, so I, 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 I I'll say congratulations to you on that because, you know, one of the biggest things that I, I wish for everybody is that at some point in your early part of your life that you can stop and you can take that, you can take that moment and just kind of really be sure because it, it will it will find you again. It, that passion will always find you again. And being a single mom myself, um, you know, I had to raise my kids. And so that was my forefront and always every day was getting my kids to hockey and skating and school and um, always still had the horses. Horses were always in my life, but uh, sometimes not as much. And uh, I can look back now and I can appreciate those times too. So yeah, congratulations. That's nice that you had that opportunity to do that. Yeah, that was a, it was a good year. You know, it was, it was tough and it was different, but yeah. I, I don't regret it. So tell us now, I have a question. Do you have any special stories about any special horses that you've had? Like something that you would consider like a really rare circumstances or a fun story about any special horse? Oh, I mean, the very first horse that I owned, she was very special. She was, um, she belonged to my, my coach actually that I had up there. Um, she was, a. Uh, I think when we bought her, she was 23 or maybe even 25 already like she was wow. she was it was getting on <laughs> she was a a gray arabian mare oh, of all nice. things and i guess she was just an absolute terror when she was younger <laughs> and got better with age and then by the time uh by the time we we bought her we i think we bought her for like 750 bucks which wow. you know was pretty cheap for a horse but at the time that seemed like a lot of money for us yeah uh, but i tell you what that old gray arabian mare she was wicked she <laughs> could do everything like <laughs> rail ride jump dressage gymkhana wow. i always want Anna on her every year wow that's fantastic I mean, she, she was incredible yeah so it just goes to show that those older horses they can yeah they never they, they never leave you life in them. Yep, exactly. I was just going to say that. It's it's so cool that I have one old guy now and he's kind of the same thing. He just never ever stops surprising me. And when I first got him, he was just a couple years old and I named him uh, Maverick. <laughs> and he is a Maverick. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think he always will be, but he's he is to me my best friend, but he's he's my ultimate teacher every day. He's my ultimate teacher and uh, that's one of the biggest things that I love about my philosophy about my horsemanship is that the horses are always, uh, you know, the best teacher of us all. So, but yeah, I, that's really cool. And Arabian mare too. I just, I, I got to work with an Arabian in uh, Sweden when I was there a couple of years back and uh, it's my heart horse in Sweden and the gray Arabian uh, gelding actually. Oh, funny. But I really yeah. do. I, I hadn't really had a lot of time with uh, that breed or that yeah that that type of horse and um 
you know, mostly just quarter horses uh, is what I handled, you know, per, throughout, you know, 90% of uh, my career. Um, so when you get a chance or an opportunity to work with a different breed or work in a different discipline, it's always refreshing, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always good to have a change. Yeah. So um, now, now you're at this point in your life and you've got all this uh, education, you've got all this training and all this experience and growth that you've had. Um, you know, the struggles and you've got, you've met your husband and so tell us a little bit about what this is now for you, your future and, and what is currently going on with you. Yeah, so last October, so I guess six months ago, it's not very long ago, <laughs> I, I left Kaylee's and my husband and I started what we have now, um, AKE Equine. So that's, that's our business. Um, I, I do the, the training and the riding, and he does the farrier work. Um, so I like it because it's a great team effort. You know, it's I think it's super special in that way because we can both bring our talents and our um, strengths to the business. And, you know, together we've created something pretty strong yeah. uh, that I'm super happy with. Um, and my my forte and my passion has always been the young horses, the colts, the colt starting. Nice. Um, so that's um, that's that's been my bread and butter. Um, I get a lot of different horses in the start. Um, you know, anywhere from you know I get the performance horse two year olds. Uh, you know, the the cutters and the cow horses that are going to go on to have performance careers. Nice. Uh, so I'll start them, and then you know they they go on. Um, I also start quite a lot of warm bloods, actually, too. Wow! Uh, it's kind of a fun, fun throwback to my English days, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm thankful for my English background and not that up because I I know what a warm blood should feel like. You know, it's yeah a quarter horse versus a warm blood. Just just the way they move, the way they feel, the way yeah, their stride, I mean, everything. Yeah, like the basics are the basics throughout any discipline you know yeah you know every horse no matter what it's going to go do in life needs to know the basics you know what i mean like mm-hmm. how to move it's di- it feels different when they stretch out a little bit longer those 16 plus exactly, hands yeah, yeah absolutely you know, the, the contact is different you know yeah. the, the western horses you kind of want to teach them to go around on on a looser rein and yep. you know carry themselves a lot more and the, <laughs> the warm bloods you like to have on a little bit of a you know more contact and you know you ride them up into their faces quite a bit more um so i'm just i'm super thankful for my english background because i i really use it a lot every day because i start so many more floods as well yeah that's fantastic yeah Yeah, well that's interesting so wait so if people wanted to uh, find out a little bit more or um so do you have um, an opportunity to take in more clients and stuff like that or is it um you have Yes. Yeah. Okay. So right now I have about um have about eight to ten horses, kind of depending on on the month, um, which is a pretty manageable number. Okay. Um, but down the road, my goal is to be able to grow and expand, to be able to accommodate more horses, and also be able to hire on you know an assistant of my own that can help me out and and also that I can pass on my my knowledge to as well. Right, and then maybe possibly take some of those nice performance horses out and uh, get them showing and stuff like that as well. Uh, yeah, I want to, yeah, I'd like to, you know, 
be able to start buying and selling uh, some more of my own personal performance horses and be able to grow and expand to be able to accommodate uh, performance horses that other people own and be able to take them down the road and hopefully the border will open up one of these days oh, and oh, I we know. can <laughs> I know it's uh you know I was just gonna say to you, I can't wait you know to get an opportunity um you and I exchange like uh, locations and stuff like that and I travel extensively myself for my business and um this last year with the pandemic and with COVID it's been um a blessing for so many things for me um for my life I'm so happy to be at home and to be with my own guys and um, but I sure do miss being out teaching and uh, traveling and um, it, it's that was one of the questions that I was kind of kind of just finalized with you is that how do you feel that the pandemic has affected you and affected your business has it affected you in any way or good question um yeah that is that's a tough one me personally I, I don't feel like it's affected quite as much um, just because all of my clients, they are local, right. more, you know, it's, um, but it definitely has affected the industry yes. that I'm in, yeah. you know, the cutting cow horse industry, the cross border showing, yeah. um, and especially the buying and selling of horses across the border. It's really affected that yeah. people can't just, you know, fly up to try a horse or fly down to try a horse. Exactly. Or, drive down to pick up a horse that they just bought um you know so it's it's you have to jump through a lot more hoops yeah. nowadays if you can even get through some of those hoops you know yeah it's a well this weekend yeah. i was supposed to have been in uh, texas for the road to the horse i'm there every year i've never missed a year and um it, it was difficult to you know have to make that decision not to go but um it is one of those things that uh, it's just like the hard work that you put in as a trainer um you know that four and a half years i'm hoping the pandemic's not going to be four and a half years but it, it will it will pass it will pass and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that people will have taken away from it and um you know that's one of my uh, follow my final questions i wanted to ask you is um what would be something a piece of advice that you'd give to someone like yourself if you could uh, talk to them and tell them you know it, it's going to be okay or it's hard work in this part or this part but if you want to be a horse trainer and you want to run your own business this is what you should do so is there anything specific that you would tell somebody yeah I mean I think there's a couple things um, you know I think whatever industry you want to be in or whatever you know whatever your passion is wherever you want to take your career I think you need to find somebody in that career or in that business that you look up to and is successful and you need to go and work for them or learn from them in whatever way shape or form that you can um and you need to just you know just go and put your head down and be quiet and just absorb what they do and learn from them and watch what they do and just 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 be around people that are successful and see how they've made it and then try to embody that wow, that's um, good advice um and then another thing too is just this is gonna sound super cliche but it's a lot of work like it is it's hard work you know it's 
know, 12 to 16 hour days, day in, day out, mm-hmm. and it, it's tough, you know, you might forego sleep or eating or your social life or whatever, you know, but if it's truly something that you want, you just need to put your head down and put in the hours and make the sacrifice um, until you until you get to where you want to go. And, you, and that, you, we, we never really stop getting to where we want to go, but that, that's some fantastic yeah, advice. But that's the whole point, right? Yeah, exactly. Grind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. But that that being said, at the same time, it's it's easy to burn yourself out. Yes. Yeah. And, I've um, been there. I've been there for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, I went through that quite recently as well. Just, yeah. you know, working so much that it's actually detrimental to your health, your relationships, yourself, um, and you can get very easily get to the point where you're actually going backwards because you get so tired and so burnt out that you're no use to yourself, you're no use to who you're working for, you're no use to the people that you love in your life. So you also have to recognize at what point do you just step back a little bit and, you know, maybe there's something that you have to say no to or just take a day for yourself or you just yeah. dedicate the entire day to sitting on the couch I don't know whatever you gotta do I just said you know? that recently to somebody last week and I gave him a little tiny piece of advice and I said you have to pace yourself yeah pace yeah. yourself you're young and you have your whole life ahead of you and that passion that drive that you have at your early 20s or whatever it is it'll still be there when you're 76 years old and my dad is proof of that <laughs> your passion yeah. never has no real gauge it just stays true right so pace yourself yeah and you know self-care is important super you important. know as important as working hard so it's, it's a fine balance you know you have to you know you got to put your nose to the grindstone and work hard and put those hours in but at the same time you have to just make sure that you're still taking care of yourself so that you can have longevity and do it like you're doing it love living life you know and that's one of the things um yeah i'm so grateful to have had you on the show with us here and for our audience um you know we're going to put all the information on the website and um, um, put some information out there people can reach out and contact you if they've got a question about anything you know something that they wanted to know about Olds College or something they want to know about what you're doing right now with your cult starting and your philosophy or um, you know how to become an assistant trainer with another um, uh, horse trainer so all these things this is one of the reasons why it's so important for us to network and and talk to one another like I'm in Ontario right now I'm from the East Coast and you're out in BC it's such a small world that we live in and the equine industry is even smaller So I'm really, really appreciative of your time um, because I know, like myself, uh, you know, we've got chores to do and we've got things to do and everything, but it's so wonderful to be able to sit down, uh, like you just said, and self-care and take some time and chat with somebody once every now and then. And, you know, I welcome anybody um, that's, even if they're shy a little bit or nervous or worried or whatever, um, you know, if you have anybody that you want to shout out to or um, 
prefer to come on to the show we'd love to hear from other women and it doesn't matter what part of uh, the country you're in and um, you know it doesn't matter if you're starting out or if you're at the finish line and you've done it all I have a fantastic lady that's going to be coming on uh, I think next month in May and uh, she's 89 years old and still rides <laughs> wow that's amazing yeah so there's yeah. That, that's that's what I want everybody to understand is that, um, you know, and I'm so grateful that you've been able to take this time with us and, and talk about some of this. It is, it's difficult and, um, you know, we all need to help each other out a little bit more and when we do and how we do it, it pays off so much in the end, right? Absolutely, yeah. No, thank you so much for having me on the show. Yeah. I'm super excited. And- humbled to be on here no it's fantastic and um we'll put all your information out there for us anna it it was such a joy to have you on the show and um really looking forward to actually when i can uh not if when i can come out and visit with you and maybe uh you can show me a thing or two (laughs) (laughs) absolutely i look forward to it perfect thank you so much awesome well thank you To find out more about the National Cutting Horse Association, please visit their website at nchacutting.com. The National Cutting Horse Association promotes and celebrates the cutting horse, whose origin on Western ranching allows us to support ranching and its Western heritage.